It was self-funded the company for uh, for about a year, so we basically went all in. Um, it wasn't uh, it, it was it was a big risk, um, but we believed that that hypothesis had legs, and we started to give the product out to um, to a ton of people, um, including doctors, um, stylists at the time as well, and a lot of consumers, including family members, and the results were just absolutely mind blowing. What was super interesting is that. Um, the product was originally designed for men. Um, there was such an amazing appetite and desire for women to take uh, the product as well, which opened up a whole new conversation for us. Um, and to date, actually, the business is 80% uh, women. Today we have the founder, co-founder, and CEO of Nutrafol. Uh, Georgios Tsitsis? Uh, Tsitsis. Tsitsis. I was close. Very, very much. Yeah. Practiced a little bit last night. <laughs> I did. I did after I spoke to you. So thank you very much for sharing thank the time with us. Uh, so where were you born? I'm born in, uh, born in Greece and brought up in Holland. Uh-huh. Yeah. And did you study in Holland? Studied in Holland uh, engineering. And then I came to uh, the States in 2009 to pursue the uh, American dream. <laughs> Which was? Uh, helping the world become a better place. And were you functioning as an engineer or were you doing your modeling? <laughs> I, w I wish you didn't bring that one up. But, you know, I, I had to. The, yeah, so I actually came to, to, to New York um, with a uh, special visa, which was through the modeling. Um, I had an engineering career, but this is in 2009 when pretty much everything crashed. Um, so it was a big deal for me to find an engineering job. I used to send a lot of resumes out, but um, I didn't even get rejections. Uh, I just get, got, got no answers, right? So, um, um, but luckily enough, um, I started my engineering company uh, myself uh, in New York City um, in 2012, which was uh, uh, a, great, a, great, uh, a great way to, uh, to help. And what were you primarily do, uh, focusing on at that time? I was, I was mostly focusing on structural engineering that was related to uh, building inspections. I don't know if you guys know, but in New York, um, every building above five stories has to be inspected every five years. That's why you see scaffolding pretty much all around. Uh -huh. um, uh, and as an engineer, you have to basically define uh, whether it's safe or um, safe with maintenance, etc. So... I saw that gap because obviously there's a lot of buildings and these inspections have to happen on a recurring basis and nobody was doing that work. So I, I went back to uh, school in New York to um, um, uh, get some of these uh, uh, licenses in order to do that work, which was super fun and, and very cool. And was it during that time that you were also doing the male modeling? I am. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be double down on that. Uh, the, We're going to get through this. <laughs> um, yes, that was um, that was uh, that was keeping me busy, um, but it also allowed me to um, to become a little bit more comfortable um, as a as as a human, uh, being in front of the camera, um, doing work that is uh, quite uncomfortable. I think overall helped me. Um, and we got to know so many amazing people and the industry. Uh, that industry helped me also with, uh, even with Nutrafol, to, uh, to expand that and to, uh, to, to scale accordingly. And tell us a little bit about your own personal experience in the hair department. 
well before Nutrafol. What stimulated you? I have to, have to backtrack maybe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, actually, d- during my engineering career, um, I, I, I realized that I was genetically predisposed and I started to lose my hair. Um, that was the first uh, wake-up call that I had. Uh, my father lost his hair in his early, um, early 20s. Um, and um, I remember I went to a dermatologist in, uh, in, in Holland um, and he did a pool test. This is back in the days. And, uh-huh. uh, he said, by the time you're 30, you're gonna have a beautiful bald spot in the back of your, on the back of your head. So obviously I panicked um, and he uh, prescribed me uh, finasteride. Um, so I was on finasteride for about um, nine years. Um, it, it did prevent uh, my hair loss, but unfortunately I suffered tremendously from the side effects that were involved um, with uh, using, uh, using, using the drug. Um, and that affected my health, but it also tremendously affected my, uh, my confidence um, because I couldn't necessarily talk to anyone about the side effects. I was dismissed in Holland multiple times, uh, and this is not a topic um, that was uh, very discussable with my parents at, 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 at that time mm-hmm. um, because the sexual side effects were pretty, uh, pretty bad. Um, so that was, 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 was actually interests me to, um, to deep dive. To deep dive and at least understand what's 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 going on. So when I came to New York, um, to keep a long story short, my business partner uh, Roland Peralta, who suffered from uh, RA rheumatoid arthritis, um, and he treated it very effectively with curcuminoids, uh, which which are the anti-inflammatory uh, standardized botanicals. Um, and one of the side benefits that he experienced was his hair started to. To, to grow back. So he was a trusted individual in my life and I opened up about the side effects that I was experiencing with uh, finasteride and didasteride at the same, at that time. Um, because every single time I stopped using the, the, the pharmaceutical, my, my hair started to fall out. It started to rain hair, couldn't even do this. It actually came out in clumps. Um, so that was obviously devastating. My business partner uh, um, helped me with that. Um, with that, um, um, with that approach and fate actually brought us together. So how does inflammation play a role when it comes to the disruption of the hair growth cycling, right? right. That was the first question um, because he was targeting inflammation very effectively and his, uh, his hair started to grow back. And that was really the beginning of us becoming incredibly curious um, and shoulder to shoulder we sat uh, next to each other for about one and a half year to just understand as curious consumers uh, uh, hair biology, really. And that was 2015? About 2014. 14. And when did you first come into my office? Was it 16? That was uh, two years later, yeah. Yeah. And so you started down this path of Nutrafol. And tell us, take us through that. At what point did you realize you wanted to commercialize uh, these anti-inflammatories and so forth? Yeah, so... Um, it was very important for us. It, everything that we um, that we did, but also what we still do to date, was driven um, from our personal experiences. So the, the the goal was not necessarily to commercialize a product. The goal was to to help ourselves and then help others too, right? So for us in the beginning, it was very interesting to see how the product would work, because we. <clears throat> I, I'm a big believer, in, especially in the engineering world, right? For very complex problems, you you need to approach it in a very simple way. Um, and um, the pharmaceuticals and the basic vitamins and minerals out there, they were mono-targeting the issue, 
right? And we very quickly understood the hypothesis was there's multiple factors that play a role when it comes to hair biology and, and hair loss and thinning hair for men and for women. So um, we had to understand that problem first, which obviously was just an hypothesis. Um, so that was a white paper that was written uh, that we, uh, I, th I believe we shared it mm -hmm. uh, with you in the beginning because we didn't yet have a, a, a full-blown clinical trial on the product, uh, which was obviously um, uh, necessary. But we always believed um, first, um, it's not about just building a business for the sake of building a business and making money, right? We had our own careers. It was about, we, we want to solve a problem that will add value to people's lives. So which required us to make such investments and also to prove to ourselves that the product was actually effective and very safe at the same time. Because everything that was effective wasn't so easy to use, uh, like minoxidil, for example, and of course, finasteride uh, 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 with the side effects. But then everything that was kind of healthy, the basic vitamins and minerals out there, they simply just didn't work. Um, so we had to strike the right balance. So understanding hair biology from the ground up, investing ton of research and due diligence in, 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 um, in how it works and mechanism of action of potential ingredients, um, which were the nutraceuticals that we introduced, which was the standardized, the standardized nutraceuticals that go way beyond just the basic vitamins and minerals um, out there. So we understood the problem. We had um, um, a, 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 a mechanism of action that we needed to, to address with uh, standardized nutraceuticals, but that didn't mean the product actually worked, right? So uh, the green light to answer your question that, um, that I personally received was, um, we, um, we manufactured, we self-funded the company for, uh, for about a year. So we basically went all in. Um, it, wasn't, uh, it, it, was, it was a big risk. Um, but we believed that that hypothesis had legs, and we started to give the product out to, um, to a ton of people, um, including doctors, um, stylists at the time as well, and a lot of consumers, including family members. And the results were just absolutely mind-blowing. What was super interesting is that um, the product was originally designed for men. Um, there was such an amazing appetite and desire for women to take uh, the product as well, which opened up a whole new conversation for us. Um, and to date, actually, the business is 80% uh, women, which just tells you um, how much that actually had to be addressed some, somehow. But that's how everything uh, uh, came together. And to date, all this research is, is published and peer-reviewed and clinical trials that we invested in with some of the people here in this room. It's uh, it's something that we're incredibly proud of and we're incredibly thankful to the community. So when you start with the first product, it was primarily geared towards men. And as everyone knows, there are products now that you have in your full complement, your full line that are targeted for women versus men. What are the main differences in those products? I get asked a lot, can I take the, the women's product, for instance, some guy asked me or vice versa. What's the main differences there? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, we were the first to, to really view uh, hair biology a little differently when it comes to men and women. Um, so I'm a big believer in personalization in general, and obviously that's where the industry is, is, is moving. Um, but um, it, especially for, for men, DHT it's still the main, uh, the main cause. And obviously DHT could be triggered by your environment Right, so the dehydrotestosterone is is triggered 
um, and in many cases by the environment, including stress, elevated cortisol, inflammation, etc. Um, for women, that's a little different. Um, um, as far as we know, um, it's it's very much uh, uh, related to to hormonal imbalances and and also cortisol, um, but that's a little a little different uh, different for men. So the two formulations from the beginning were quite different. Um, as we evolved, um, actually we used to give um, uh, women that go through menopause, peri and post menopause, the men's product, which obviously was very confusing because of the DHT component. Um, so we introduced a product called the uh, Women's Balance, um, specifically focused um, on um, women that go through um, peri and post uh, uh, menopausal hair loss and thinning, which is now um, actually that audience alone is bigger than the entire men's audience um, as, as a business. But again, we, we, we did that because we saw the gap. We saw um, that the problem wasn't addressed uh, properly. Um, and um, I, I have so many stories that still uh, um, stick with me. Women that um, are afraid to go outside and um, because they're afraid that the wind is going to blow in a specific direction and it's going to reveal a, a potential uh, a bald spot. Or uh, a woman that I met a few um, a few months ago that was wearing a wig for a few years and her husband didn't even know about it. Right. So you hear these stories all the time, and it's like. Um, the problem wasn't necessarily addressed, and most importantly, there was always this taboo still, and it still is today, and which is a big part of our mission um, to break these taboos and to bring women together and to have at least a conversation about this and to try to normalize it, uh, which is personally what continues to drive me uh, f forward every day. So from product to personalization, but if you don't have a mission and a clear why, um, it becomes very hard to remain extremely motivated because building a, building a business like this at this scale is uh, comes obviously with struggles, problems, and challenges. So is there any harm in a woman taking the men's product or vice versa? I, I wouldn't say so. Uh, we recommend not to do that because we just have a better formulation specifically designed um, for um, women in menopause. We also introduced a um, product that is very successful um, right now that is focusing on uh, women uh, that go through postpartum. Also something that was not uh, really addressed uh, properly and the results were absolutely astonishing um, to see how um, women are being helped during that or, or already very uh, um, sensitive time um, to at least have a product that they can trust um, that at least is healthy, is clinically tested, um, has its clinical trials, uh, and that can provide of a little bit of value. And that's often what it is, right? Because um, obviously we're not selling any any magic pills here. It, it's it, it's about um, doing something that at least can can help you take control of a situation. Um, and and even if we're able to provide a little bit of value there. I always consider that as as, as a, a big success. Um, obviously, we're helping people with their hair, um, but this is more about um, are we adding value? Um, because we know firsthand that um, it is an emotional journey for people and it can unfortunately hold them back. And this is what I experienced, right? You're losing your confidence. It's um, you're not reaching your fullest potential because of potentially your hair, right? So. 
a little bit of help, a little bit of um, 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 support there, and and a company and individuals and partners and doctor partners and um, and physicians that we have internally that they're able to provide some support and doesn't always have to be product. Um, could be of amazing value, uh, and we see that every day, uh, which is amazing. What do you see in the future for you personally and for the company? <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, so we were uh, the majority of the company was acquired by uh, by Unilever, um, which um, which is an amazing partner uh, to date. Uh, this happened last year in two thousand. Uh, yeah, in l- last year in July, um, and they believe in the mission. They believe in the mission and um, they believe in the why, and that's incredibly, incredibly important to me. Uh, we're not just selling product; we're trying to um, to move the the world to a better place. And I know that's a a big statement, but I I'm a big believer in the ripple effect, uh, which is if if someone feels a little bit better about themselves or feel a little bit less stressed, right? That doesn't just make you a better human and a better person. But that also affects how you interact with your employees, with your colleagues, with your partners, um, uh, with your kids, right? Um, so that that mission, once we almost quantified the ripple effect pre-pandemic, hiring a mathematician, I'm still going to do that one day. Um, but yeah, the, the, the impact that you're making through something that's pretty, pretty simple still, right? It's, it's, it's hair. Right, it's 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 aesthetics, right? Um, the potential there is, I think, massive, and, and Unilever believes um, in in the mission that is around breaking some of these taboos, and uh, they continue to support us in a great way. Um, they also leave us um, um, very alone, um, meaning uh, we've got a ton of autonomy within uh, within their infrastructure, which I think is set up for great success, also for the future, um, because you don't want to. As a large conglomerate, you don't want to take a startup that has a soul, that has great people, right? You don't want to make that too corporate and introduce hierarchies and bureaucracies because it's just over time, um, it's just not going to help. Even though sometimes revenue goes up long term, it's going to go down. Your revenue curve is going to start plateauing and gravity is going to start taking you down. I'm a big believer of that. And um, they, um, they're very supportive, so I, I feel uh, I feel I'm in a very very good place when it comes to the future. There's a lot of potential. We'll continue to invest tremendously in research, um, uh, R and D, um, and and the existing channels, including the physician channel that has been a part of our DNA that we're incredibly grateful for. Um, so that's definitely a part of my uh, my my future. And then other than other than that, I'm just incredibly interested in anything health uh, related. Even even with hair, right? We're taking a whole body approach. Um, so um, very interested in longevity and and how to um, contribute there, how to um, potentially um, work on disease stages um, that we'll suffer from um, at, at at some point in, in in our lives. So any value that I can um, add there to uh, decrease human suffering um, is what keeps me going. So there's a there's a few interesting projects that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, but I'm very grateful to be in this position and to uh, continue to be a part of Mutual. Well, it's been wonderful getting to know you better. Thank you. And you're way more than just a hair guy, right? <laughs> you have a bigger mission than that. And restoring confidence is really what aesthetics yeah. is all about. 
and uh, certainly starting at the top of the head and the hair is obviously a central part of our all of our confidence. So thank you very much for being on the Technology of Beauty. Next time you're in L.A., come to the studio and let's do a, a full Technology of Beauty podcast. I know we could talk to him for hours, right? Thank you very much, George. Thank you. Thanks so much.